Welcome along to another episode of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast. And I'd like to say that um, I'm joined today uh, by Chris Aiken, the second Chris in a row actually here on the podcast. Chris, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing really well. So obviously you write for F4W and you write for the Fight Game website, don't you? Yes, sir. I sure do. Um, so every week you write the NXT uh, recaps, don't you, for F4W? Yeah, I've been doing that for, um, I don't know, a couple of years now. Even before it was on uh, USA and it was two hours and it was live. Um, but yeah, I do that now. And then um, I was writing about the Wednesday Night Wars for the fight game, but we're going to see what uh, what I'm going to write about next. i got to figure something new out. Since the Wednesday Night Wars may be going away, we'll see. Well, it looks that way, doesn't it? But yeah, NXT, yeah. obviously, um, we, we talked about it quite a bit here on the podcast, that we feel that obviously there's, a, there's sort of a real change between the NXT we had on the network, on the WWE Network, compared to how it is now on on USA. Have you have you noticed a sort of big difference between how it was and how it is now? Huge difference. Huge difference, I think. Um, I mean, for starters, you have the extra hour, and... And also, the, I won't say it's less focused, but it's focused in a different way. It's more of a, it's more of just a TV show now instead of a develop, you know, developmental um, show. And the show's always built towards takeover, and you don't really, they still build the takeover, but it's not that, it's not the same really, because they're also building the next week and you know, trying to be competitive and all that. And so it's, it's not the same at all. There's a Creatively, I think they've suffered some, but they've also been able to showcase a lot more talent. So that's a good thing. There's, there's definitely pros and cons. How did you sort of come about sort of writing for F4W? How did you get into it? Were you, have you have you written about wrestling for long? Uh, I wrote, I've written for the Wrestling Observer site since 2012, the fall of 2012. Um, I think at the time... They were looking for someone to write the main event report. You remember when um, WWE main event used to be the C show, and they were kind of, kind of, not really, you know, making it the top show. But it was pushing a lot harder than it became. You know, they, I think they still do that show, but it's you know, it's nothing yeah, now. But that was obviously. Yeah, but back then that was before NXT had really become like a big thing. Obviously, they had NXT, yeah, exactly. but it but it wasn't really like a. That was back when, like, Seth was the champion, I think, wasn't it, 2012? So it wasn't really, like, the big thing it is today. And so, yeah, main event was kind of like, yeah, you're right, like, the, the third show in many ways. Yeah, that was that was pre-network era. So NXT was on Hulu here in the United States. I'm not, I think they had some international TV deals. But main event at the time was on, on American television. And um, it was actually kind of sort of on network television, sort of in a way. It was on a channel that aired, you know, in a lot of markets um, over the air. But, um, but yeah, so Dave, I think, put out the call for asking for somebody to write it, and I sent him an email. And I think I'd written a couple articles um, that, that I just sent to Dave, and he put them up on the website. You know, um, nothing major, just a few things. Like, I think when Dusty Rhodes passed away, I did something. And um, I think I did something with the Von Erichs one time, maybe. And, uh, and so Dave... He gave me the opportunity and actually gave me my first break as a writer, which I'm not sure um, he even knows that. Uh, but 
But yeah, and and it's kind of ironic because me and Dave actually share a birthday, not the same year, but the same day, which is which is crazy. Think about. <laughs> I, I won't ask which one's older, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, if we if we go back then, obviously the first question I ask everyone is how did you become a fan in the first place? So so what is your earliest memory of wrestling? Well, my earliest memory um, is of watching Hulk Hogan versus the Iron Sheik, um, and I, it was on a VHS tape. Um, it was the Coliseum Home Video. It was, um, and I tracked it down, and it was actually on the network. Um, they uploaded it as part of the the Home Video Classic section or something, I think. Um, and it was a tape called The Hulkster. Hulk Hogan was the full name of the tape, and I vividly remember. It's not the famous match where Hulkamania was born. Um, it's it's one of the rematches from the Philadelphia Spectrum in May of 84. And so I probably watched this. It was sometime in the mid-80s. I already knew what wrestling was. I remember knowing what it was and knowing who Hulk Hogan was and everything. So I'd, I know I'd seen wrestling before that, but I don't remember at, you know seeing it before that. But I vividly remember this match. Hulk Hogan took... You know, um, the Irish Sheik used to have the curled up boot, and it was a right. loaded boot, yep. a loaded boot gimmick, and stomping on the mat. Well, he did that, and then Hulk Hogan took his boot off, and then was chasing him around with it, and it was double juice, huge bloodbath. And I was a little kid and was just enthralled, like just it just captivated my attention, my imagination at the time, and uh, and I loved it ever since. And I think I vividly remember that because I think that was a moment that I really became a fan I, I i know i'd seen it before that but that was the moment that i think it was like yeah this is something i want to check out and i've been a fan ever since and so who are some of the guys that captured your imagination as a kid i'm guessing hogan was probably the first one that really did that well yes and no i mean he was the one that was pushed as the top star so like you know they really the, that vhs tape for us kids because i didn't have I didn't have access to wrestling on television at the time. Uh, I grew up in a rural area, and we had one television channel at the time, and it was an ABC affiliate, and there was no wrestling on there whatsoever. And so it was through VHS tapes um, and home videos is how I, you know, mainly discovered wrestling. Now, like my grandparents had cable and and stuff like that, so I could watch. Every now and then when I went over there, I could, you know, I could catch wrestling on cable. But I had to, I mainly became a fan through tapes and watching tapes and watching them over and over and over again. And so they just happened to be the tape that they rented us. So, yeah, Hogan was, I mean, he was one of our favorites, obviously, but he wasn't the one that really captivated me. I was more into, like, Sting, right. you know, later on. And, um, and, like, Randy Savage and Ric Flair. You know, when I really became a fan, I was, I was, I've always just been a fan of wrestling in general, and I've had favorites here and there, but I never had one that really drew me in. It's been the whole package, the whole thing, really. But I, I'm, I'm, I did mention Ric Flair, and I actually did a flare flop auditioning for a part in the school play in second grade and got the lead <laughs> part thanks to the flare flop. So he definitely influenced me for sure. <laughs> So, what was the uh, the first live event you attended? You're actually telling me before we started recording, you've actually found the program for the for the very first event you attended. So, so what was that? Yeah, um, I did, and I've been a fan a long time. But like I said, wrestling wasn't on TV here, and we didn't really have many live events around here. But I, in July of 1994, July 2nd, actually, I went to a 
GWF show, which was the Global Wrestling Federation. Right. It, it was the. It wasn't the same version owned by Joe Petticino and you know that bunch. It was the people that um, bought them out afterwards, and they were trying to keep it going. It was mainly a promotion run out of Dallas, out of the Sportatorium, and it was in Jasper, Texas, at the high school football stadium. And um, the fabulous Freebirds were in the main event. Uh, Michael Hayes, Jimmy Jam Garvin, and Terry Gordy. So that was cool. Um, they wrestled, in the program it says the Rough Riders, and I don't remember who those were. I know one of them was Bill Irwin. I don't remember who the other one was. I know it wasn't his brother, because I think he had passed away before this time. I don't remember when Bill Irwin was. They were the Long Riders, though, I believe. Do you remember that tag team back in the day? Bill Irwin, he had a brother. I can't, I say, I can't say I do. Star no. Irwin, maybe? Scott Irwin, I was in the AWA anyway. Um, but yeah, that, and I, I vividly remember Chris Adams versus Iceman King Parsons. And that was a, that was like the best match on the show at the time. And so it was fun. All the baby faces went over. So I knew something was fishy then, even then. <laughs> so what, what year was that? Was that, sorry, was that, would have been in like 87 or something? No, um, 1994. Oh, 94. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so, yeah. This is, this is almost a decade after I'd probably been a fan um, that I went to my first show. And But by this point, you know, I was always, a, I always consider myself a fan, but by this point, you know, 94 wrestling wasn't really popular like it had been, you know, the prior decade in the 80s. So this was at the point that I had decided, and I was old enough in school that a lot of my friends weren't wrestling fans anymore. So around 93, 94, that was when I was, was, had decided that I was going to be a fan, not only for life, but I just knew that I was still a fan, regardless of what anybody else thought. This, and this, so, if this so my parents knew I wasn't going to grow out of it. Then they were right. like, well, I guess we're going to take him to a show now. So this was 94. This may have been, this, you, may, you may well have seen one of Michael Hayes' last matches. Then. He, he couldn't have wrestled many more after this. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't think he did, and I remember him not doing a lot in the match. I remember like vividly, or not vividly, but I remember just kind of remembering that, like oh, he didn't really do a whole lot. Like he just kind of stood on the on the outside and danced around. <laughs> he did the moonwalk a lot, like. Um, I, but on this show, I did see um, a future star of sorts. Uh, Moa D was on the card, which was which was who was billed at the time. But he became about a year later. He was Ahmed Johnson in the WWF. Right. Yeah. And he was managed by Skandar Akbar. So I had kind of, I, I knew a lot of all these people, you know, from being in Texas and on the Von Erics and all that. So it was good times. I had a large time. <laughs> At any point did you kind of, from from the, the, from the moment you sort of started watching wrestling in, in like the mid 80s through to now, have you ever sort of lost interest altogether and just stopped watching wrestling? Um, I've, my interest has dipped, but I've always, like, I've always kept, um, kind of kept up with it, you know, to a certain extent. Um, I had, um, there was a, there was a time when, um, after I graduated high school, was in college, where I didn't watch it that much. That was, I graduated from high school in 2001, and so, and that was in the spring, and so wrestling had kind of peaked at that point. You know, that was right after WrestleMania yeah. 17. And I could see it coming, too, you know, just to just being a fan and being around school. Like, you know, people 
around school, we're watching that list. And so in that little 02, 03, you know, I kind of, I wasn't watching it as much, but I was always keeping up, you know, keeping up with it. Um, I think now, at this point now, my interest in, in, in WWE is probably at an all-time low. Right, yeah. And I think a lot of people yeah. are in the same, are in that same boat. Right. Yeah, now. and I yeah. don't, I don't say that like ironically as, you know, just because that's what the smart friends are supposed to say now. Like I legitimately like, am not, not as interested in it as I used to be at one time. So, and it's kind of sad because it's been with me, you know, as like I said, since the eighties and they're just kind of losing me. And I hate to, I try to watch the shows and, you know, try to still be a fan, but just a lot of stuff turns me off now. No, I get that. I get that completely. Uh, what, what are your sort of viewing habits now? So obviously you watch NXT every week. Um, yes. Any other, what other shows do you watch on a week-to-week basis? So do you watch AEW at all? Of course, yes, yes. Love AEW. Uh, it's probably my favorite American promotion right now. Um, yeah. I would probably like NXT more if I didn't write about it every week and it wasn't, it wasn't as much of a job. Um, um, but... I think um, AEW's done a good job. I like that I don't cover it, so I can enjoy it just for what it is as a fan. So, so I watch that every week. Um, I try to watch New Japan. I don't always watch it live, but I try to, you know, watch watch it. And if I can't catch the whole card, I'll at least try to catch, you know, the top the top matches. Um, of course, that's not every week, but you know, that's whenever they run. Um, and whatever else. I was watching a lot of retro stuff. Like I always watch a couple of retro shows every week, but um, um, that's kind of gone away because the networks kind of went away. So right. yeah, that kind, of, that kind of sucks. So I don't really know when I'm going to fill that time with. I'm probably going to never watch a lot more new stuff. Um, I try to keep up with MLW somewhat and Ring of Honor. I try to pop in there every now and then and watch that. Um, it's kind of like a potpourri, you know. Besides a- NXT and AEW for sure every week. And then if there's a WB pay review, throw that in there too. But it's kind of a potpourri. I like to check out, you know, all the other stuff that's going on. What are some and, of the, sorry, what are some of the retro stuff you would seek out when, when you could? Um, I would say like um, I was, I kind of mix it up, and I like to go through and like watch the TVs, you know, as they happen, not just pick out one show and watch it at a time. Um, I'm always like, like I started a TV show, like I was working through 1993, because like I said, that was the, one of the years that I decided I was, you know, going to be a fan, but I didn't watch, get to watch the TVs every week. So I was watching Superstars on Saturday night through 93, and then, you know, if you watch too much of it, you get a little burnt out on it, and so then I was watching, I watched all the Wrestling Challenge episodes from 86 that they had on the network, and that was fun. I had so much fun watching those. But I don't think they're going to be added to Peacock if I was a betting man, because there's a lot of questionable content nowadays. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how that's going to affect. Obviously, being here in the UK, we still have the network as it was. I'm not sure how that's. Oh, going really? To... Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's going to be interesting how that how that how that works out. I think y'all are going to have the better advantage. It it, it seems that way. It seems that way at the moment, and I I, I so, hope I hope it does because I I really do enjoy going back and looking at older stuff. So how do you view WWE? 
than I not necessarily WWE, but but you know the network or just any of the shows. Like, are you watching on TV or are you streaming? I only watch the pay per views. I mean, I, I I don't have the channel that Raw and SmackDown are shown on here in the UK. And so even if I wanted to watch it, which I don't really want to, I, I, I can't anyway. Um, NXT we get on the network, but it's like two or three days after it's, it's aired. I think it, it like goes up on the network on a Friday. It's like two days after it's been on. But um, yeah, the only sort of WWE I watch will be the pay-per-views. Yeah. What about AEW? Do you watch that weekly? Yeah, I watch AEW every week, yeah. Yeah. So, how are you watching that? Is that on TV there? Or, or, that is on it? TV. That is on TV here. Yeah, it's on uh, a channel on a Friday night. But I was when I was uh, I, I, I was furloughed from my previous job, so I was I was at home all the time uh, during you know a lot of last year. So, I was actually watching it on the Fight TV app every week when that was happening. So I was actually be able to watch it live every week on 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 the Fight app. You, you, you so thought, how is that? Because I haven't like I haven't been able to watch it on there. Because I heard there's no commercial breaks there, right? No, no. When obviously when it, I mean sometimes when they go in like picture in picture, um, you you get the full you get the full thing on, on match, fight. Yeah. You get the full match. So like this past Wednesday, I don't know if you, did you see this past Wednesday's show? I haven't watched it yet. No, I was going to watch it later this evening. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. A lot of the stuff that you wouldn't have seen on the show, we still get on the fight on the fight app. Um, so yeah it's quite a good service i enjoy i enjoy watching it on there a lot definitely um coming on to the the rapid fire questions which aren't rapid fire at all really i don't know why i call it that but <laughs> your favorite wrestler of all time if you could check okay. it oh eddie guerrero right okay cool yeah that's, that's the first time i've had eddie as an answer and I, uh, yeah he's definitely up he's yeah he's absolutely on my list for sure i love eddie yeah yeah, he's great. Um, he was like I would say, like in my childhood, like you were talking about people that that when I was young, you know, like everybody. But I became a real big Bret Hart fan, and I'm all, and I'm still a big Bret Hart fan. But Eddie's my favorite of all time, and yeah, it just breaks my heart that he's that he's no longer with us. And that his death hit me weird too because my mother passed away a month before Eddie Guerrero did, so it was just like just smorgasbord. So that really. But I love watching Eddie Guerrero matches still to this day. He's just, um, he's one of the best. I really don't think they ran with hard, ran with him as much as they could. I think he could have been an even bigger star than he was. But that's a story for another day. Yeah, no, I think that um, if you look at the the reaction to him winning the belt from from Brock, um, it, was, it was in the Cal Palace, wasn't it? It was in the Cal Palace yes. uh, in yeah, like February of like 2004 you know right before yeah, WrestleMania yeah. and and the reaction it will stay with me forever you know it's one of those reactions that you just never forget and and yeah I mean he was so over and they could have done they could have done more with him and Benoit to be honest with you yeah at the time yeah, yeah exactly what I just remember that fall he was feeding with a big show and there's that whole angle with like the sewage truck oh and- yeah yeah. Yeah, and it was like like people remember, you know, the title match and all that. And that was a great memory, you know, for me too. But I remember that fall and that and but you know, then his body was obviously breaking down. And so right. as much of a yeah. fan as I would have wanted to push him, you know, maybe you know, maybe it's for the best and maybe, you know, he should have hung it up sooner, maybe. I don't know. That's hard to say, who knows? The yeah, the thing with Eddie that always gets me is obviously he had all these demons. 
and he came out the other side. You know, he 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 beat the demons, and he became such a huge star. But his body just his body just kind of broke down at the end. Broke down, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and you can really see it that last year too. I think the first time I noticed it was the match against Benoit at um, One Night Stand, the ECW. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if they called it ECW One Night Stand or it was just One Night Stand or whatever, whatever the full name was. But it was that the first ECW reunion show that that did so well that kind of launched the ECW, you know, relaunched, you know, a year later. And I remember watching that, and you could tell that he was kind of him and Benoit both. They wanted to have a way better match than they had, and it was you could tell. And and I don't know, maybe it was before that too. Because I remember the match. When did you wrestle Eddie at WrestleMania? They opened the show. Was that that same year? Had to have been, I guess. He wrestled Chris at WrestleMania. Oh, did he? Chris at WrestleMania. Well, no, sorry. Who did you, I, I thought you was asking me if he faced Chris. Who did he face at WrestleMania that year? Sorry. Didn't he wrestle Rey Mysterio that year at WrestleMania? Rey Mysterio. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Opened the show, right? Um, I can't remember who's the one from. I can't remember which one it was though. They all blend together. But but anyway, I remember that match, and you could tell that he was upset. And you can tell because I think he wanted to have a better match than he had. And yeah, so, I think that may so have been twenty one. That, that may have been WrestleMania twenty one in in California in, in LA or wherever it you're was right, that year. You're right. Because yeah. it was WrestleMania does Hollywood. That's that right. Yeah. 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 You're right. Exactly right. And so, but yeah, but, but Eddie was so great. He was just so smooth. I first became a fan of him in the um, well. I first saw him in the Atner magazines, probably, because that's when I first got exposed to Lucha Libre. But then, when my family got the big satellite dish, I was able to find um, a AAA at the time, or a AAA, depending on how you want to pronounce it. But um, And that captivated me, and then I became a huge Lucha fan. So I got Eddie to thank for that, too, because that was low screen, those locos, they were on the satellite. And then I saw him at ECW, because I could get that on the, on the satellite. So then I was like, who is this guy? Then he came to WCW and I was like, yeah, this is this is my guy. This is my guy. Yeah, him and Art Bar, I think we're both going to be brought in to ECW. I think. They were, yeah. And then obviously yeah. Art Bar Art Bar died, which was so tragic because I mean he I think he was the first one to really popularize the frog splash. And obviously Eddie then Eddie then took yeah. it on us. But no one did it as well as Art Bar. I mean Eddie did it great, but Art Bar had the yeah. best one. They have such a parallel, like their deaths kind of parallel, and that they were both seemingly on the cusp of, you know, something more. You know, Eddie was obviously a much bigger star than Art, but yeah. Art was, you know, he achieved finally was a was a main eventer in AAA, and then, you know, then he passes away, and then Eddie is, right. you know, some sort of becomes a top star, and then it's it's just it's it's tragic, it's tragic. But you know, that's one good thing I love. You know about wrestling now is you don't have the deaths like you used to, and that was really you know it's kind of very disheartening. You know, you know all those years it was just one right after yeah. the other. It seemed like yeah, from like two thousand three to like two thousand seven, it was like one after another, and there was like this really worrying statistic at one time of the amount of guys that had died before the age of forty, and it was said that you know the only other profession where you would have so many of your peers die was if you were working in the military. You know, if you, if you had been overseas in like Afghanistan or Iraq or somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah just a staggering statistic really when you think about it. It was, yeah. Because it's supposed to be a work. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing with Art Barr as well was that he actually he had a run, a very very brief run in WCW, where obviously he wasn't known. He had that Beetlejuice gimmick, and then yeah, 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 the juicer, I think. Yeah, but he obviously wasn't able to be Beetlejuice in WCW because they would have had like you know a lawsuit on their hands. So he, he became yeah. the juicer, but obviously he had these allegations against him, didn't he? That sort of were following yeah, him around. Yeah, allegations and, that, that followed him around, which was which was I guess why he was in Mexico at the time. Yeah. Because he, he could get work there and he became a huge star. Uh, first under the mask is, is Love Machine. And then um, he lost the mask match. Um, his act... Somebody brought that back. Who was the guy? Adonis, Sam Adonis. He actually started wearing that mask again because um, CMLL, I think, he was in CMLL at the time, you know, when, when he lost the mask, you know, before AAA was... was you know, was around, and uh, I watched that match back. I can't remember who it's, a, who, it's, who it's against, but that's a classic Lucha Libre match. So, favorite match of all time? What would you go for for that? You know, you sent me those those little questions to kind of mull over ahead of time, and I I always thought about that, and it's always one of those, man, there's so many, there's so many I can't remember, but it always comes back to one. I'm not sure why, because it's not exactly like the biggest WrestleMania of all time or anything, but WrestleMania 8, Bret Hart versus Ryan Roddy Popper for the Intercontinental title. Um, for some reason, I just love that match. Yeah. I can watch it over and over and over again. It's not very long. you know. It's not like a technical classic or anything, but I love it. There's, and it, It's a whole complete story, though, from start to finish. And it starts off with that little... The, those promos, they cut promos in front of each other, face to face, behind, you know, backstage with Mean Gene, right before the match. Then they go out there, and then they have this, you know, classic. Then Brett, of course, you know, gets color, and apparently he wasn't supposed to. But That's he right. Made it, yeah. <laughs> you know, apparently yeah. made it look like it was, you know, you know, an accident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, an accident because he didn't get fined, but Flair got fined for it. And of course, I didn't know this at the time when I first watched it. But, uh, but, yeah, I've watched that match so many times. You know, I love Austin versus Brett at, at WrestleMania, and there's a bunch yeah. of other matches that I love. Mm. You know, um, Shawn Michaels with The Undertaker, I was there live for their match at WrestleMania 25, and that's, the, that's the, still the the best match I've seen live. Not like right. best entering. I mean, it was great entering, don't get me wrong, but as far as like the crowd, I've never been in a stadium and seen like the reaction to that, to, to that match. But, yeah, but Brett versus Piper is – I would have to put up there as my favorite. If I could only watch one match for the rest of my life and it had to be just one, that would I'd probably pick that one. Yeah, because Brett and Austin at WrestleMania 13 is is the most popular answer I would say on the on this podcast. I mean, lots of people have mentioned that one, but yeah, it's great that someone mentions the match with Piper because that is so it's overlooked. In fact, that whole WrestleMania gets a little bit overlooked. I, I think it's a little bit underrated because we've talked about it before and. Savage and Flair on that same card had a really good match, which not a lot of people talk about, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. I think if you, I can't remember the the card order, but if you just there's one match, if you just cut the card off at that match, you would have like a great show. But then they then they have the Sid versus uh, yeah Hogan, Hogan main yeah. event, and then Warrior comes back and Papa Shawn goes there and whatever. So and that was kind of misses his cue as well. Yeah, 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 <laughs> misses his cue. But there's a great that was. It opened with with Tito versus uh, Tito Santana versus sure. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah. And that was I mean, it wasn't anything. It wasn't a classic, but that was a great fun little match. And then you had, like I said, you had um, Hart versus Piper, and then you had Flair versus Savage, 
And and that is an underrated class. That's probably the best match that I think it's the best match that Flair had in the WWF during that run. It, pro- it probably was. It probably was. Yeah, I, 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 he had a good one with Kurt, like on, on his very last night in, like that loser leaves town match he had on Raw with with, with uh, Kurt, Mister Perfect. That was pretty good as well. You know that is true, and that was a that is a classic. I watched that match back not too long ago when I was going through nineteen ninety three, like I was talking about earlier. I just started and I did watch it. It was classic. That was a that was a classic, and uh, I guess that one doesn't stick out because there's not anything after it. I guess you know it's just. Flair leaves and then he's, you know, in WCW a couple months later. So, but yeah, yeah, that is a forgotten costume. If, if nobody has seen that one, you got to go watch that one for sure. I think maybe that one at least be up on Peacock because maybe they'll put the rolls up. I, I hope so. I hope, I hope they put the 97 rolls up so uh, Garrett and John can still do their uh, retro raw shows yeah, every sure. week. Yeah. But, yeah, um, we'll sorry, go on. No, no, no. I'll just say we'll see. Um, I'm hoping they put some more stuff up for sure. But, the best show you ever attended live would it have been that Wrestlemania with with, with Taker and Sean then or, or would it uh, be another show no, I, no I think that's the best match that I'd seen live but I've been thinking about this too and I would have to say the best show just the best time that I had while I was there was um, the first New Japan shows in the United States in Long Beach right um, yeah the, the two back to back nights I think the first night was better than the second night but I would but that was great, and I met, uh, you know, met with some friends of mine, you know, that I know through wrestling, which is so great. People that I wouldn't know otherwise, you know. Um, I mean, I mean, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if it wasn't for wrestling. So it's kind of something that unites us. Um, my buddy Wade, shout out to Wade. Um, we roomed together that that weekend, split the hotel, and it was it was a tremendous time. We met with with, with uh, Double G from the Fight Game podcast. He was there. Hang out with us that weekend. So many people. Um, uh, Hawkins, who's also around the uh, Fight Game Facebook group, um, he was there. And uh, what a great time. What a, you know, that was a, but I've seen so many great shows, though. It's, that, that's why it's hard to like, narrow it down to one. They've all been, you know, within the last four or five years because I've started going to shows all the time. You know, well, I say all the time, you know, WrestleManias and stuff like that. So the the Ring of Honor New Japan show at Madison Square Garden, that was a bucket list for me. Even, but I won't say the show was like the best, but that was a bucket list. Like I was so excited to go to the Garden. Right. Yeah. That's my favorite yeah. venue that I've probably been to, just because of the history. What are some of the other shows you've been? You, you you've been to a few WrestleManias. Yeah, I, I've been to. Let's see. I went to the one that one with Sean and Taker. I believe that was 2008. I believe. And then I started going in 2014, and I haven't missed one any except for um, I missed one last year, obviously, because everybody did. Right, yeah. Um, and then I missed the one in, not the last one in New York. Uh, no, it was in, let's see. It was in one in Florida. One in Orlando, I believe. Was there one in Orlando? Wasn't yeah. there one in Orlando? Yeah, there was. I'm trying to think which one it was now. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I know... Shane McMahon and AJ Styles, the only match I remember that, from that car, and not because I liked it, because I was like, really, <laughs> this is the best thing to do with AJ Styles, I was good bit. as good as the match was, I was still like, really, really, because every WrestleMania, whatever Shane McMahon matches, you know, how Shane McMahon, whatever match he's in, that's my restroom break, 
In the, the one in New York, I think it was against the Miz. Yeah, restroom break. Go to the snack stand. And so, so anyway, but yeah, so I've been to um, WrestleMania. So I went to a lot of shows, you know, around WrestleMania, you know, shows like the one at Madison Square Garden I was talking about. Um, um, one of my fond memories is um, when I was young in, in high school, I went to uh, an original ECW show, the only show they ran in Houston. And that was up until I went to started going to WrestleManias and started going to all shows. That was my favorite show of all time and the best show that I've been to. It was it was so wild and so crazy and to see ECW back in the day and to get to chant all the chants and do all the chants that I'd heard you know since the '90s, since the early '90s when I watched it because I was a huge ECW mark. So so that was fun. So that and then um, I was talking about in '94 when I went to. Um, uh, my first show, a month later, I went to my first WWF house show uh, at the Summit in Houston, and uh, that was fun. Uh, Lex Luger versus Yokozuna was in a stretcher match was the main event, and Beastle uh, versus Razor Ramon for the IC title. Uh, I'm looking here on the card. Indian strap match with Tatanka versus IRS, and uh, Alonjo Blaze versus Bull Nakano for the right, Women's yeah. Championship, which, which is a match that I would appreciate it way more now than I did at the time. But even at the time, it was great. Dork the Clown versus Double J. I mean, head shrinkers and well done. And Duke the Dumpster. It's funny because the match, that card opened with Duke the Dumpster Josie versus uh, um, Pierre, the Quebecers. And then not too long ago, here he is, still doing his thing. We saw him at uh, his comeback match at uh, Spring War. One of the spring break shows, I can't remember which one. Whichever one, PCO, and it might have even been, was it PCO and Walter? Maybe, or I can't remember even who it was. PCO was just somebody, and that was ignited the, the, the big PCO comeback. So that was a bunch. All the spring break shows are fun. I've been to a couple of those, and those are always a blast. Um, I'm trying to think now. I've been to so many. Um, New Japan and Dallas for the G1. Um, the main event of that, Tanahashi versus Okada. When the crowd gave him a standing ovation before the bell even rang to start the match, <laughs> yeah, that was probably that was probably one of my favorite experience. Just that experience, like just moment in time at being in a wrestling show, was being in the crowd and cheering and clapping and just caught up in that moment right before that main event started. And it was we were everybody there was just so excited to see you know opening night of the G one and finally. You know, a true Japanese main event on American soil. You know, because the other New Japan shows, they had, they had Cody versus Okada. You know, back when Cody Rhodes, you know, really wasn't the big star that he is now. He had, he was fresh off WWE and he was a star for sure. Yeah, but fresh but, off doing Stardust, so yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> not quite the yeah, same thing. The, the New Japan fans did not want him in the main event. You know challenging Okada in you know, Long Beach. And they had Billy Gunn challenging uh, Tanahashi, um, which I met Tanahashi that weekend. I have to say that is the nicest wrestler I've ever met. Right, yeah. What a what a sweetheart, that guy. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, when Tanahashi did that thing, uh, the, the video message for Jericho, uh, for Jericho's birthday, Everyone just went crazy just from seeing Tanahashi on Dynamite doing a video message for Jericho. That that's how that's how much appeal that guy has. Yeah, he just he has a love for it and it just loves the fans. Like 
he paid me a compliment on my T-shirt. I had a, I don't know if, there's the podcast Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Right, and yeah. They have a chat, yeah, and, and I was really big on that podcast at the time. And um, um, I had on one of their shirts, and it was the Japanese version. So it said Marty and Sarah, but it said Love Wrestling in Japanese. And so oh, he, his eyes got real big, big smile. Love your shirt, love your shirt. He let me, uh, I asked, I was like, can I touch the title? Because he had just, that was that brand new um, IC title, the Intercontinental title at the time. Remember, the one got trashed by, um, by uh, um, Naito. And I think this was the first show that they had that on. Oh, right, you know, okay. I had that title for. It was brand new, and he handed that down. Oh, I just remember it being way heavier than I thought it would be. I was like, man, they, they can tote these around all the time. And I just remember, he was like, oh, yeah. He was like, you know, I just wanted to touch it. And he said, oh, pick it up, you know, put it over your shoulder. So I did, took a picture with him. He was so nice. What an experience that was. That's the, you know, like I said, that was my, the best show that I've been to, just for the whole all-around experience. What a time. And I got to fist bump with Daryl Takahashi. I still claim. And it was on camera, but it didn't make it on the TV. A cameraman was there filming. But luckily, a guy I met on the plane ride back actually took a picture and, and, capture the moment for me, but I still, I would bet money I'm the first American fan to fist bump with Daryl Takahashi. <laughs> Remember when he used to fist bump with the with, uh, with Daryl? Right, yeah. So I, I, I still think I'm the first American fan to fist bump with Daryl Takahashi. That's pretty cool. That's interesting trivia. Like that's, that, that may be my biggest claim to fame, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? It's funny you should mention ECW as well because we haven't really talked a lot about ECW on this podcast and I had Chris uh, DiBatrillo on, on the last show and he was talking yeah, about ECW. He was a big ECW fan, yeah. And I mean, uh, when, when was when was this show you saw uh, for ECW? Uh, summer of 2000, July, I believe. Oh, right. So right towards the very end then. Yeah, right, right towards the very end. Um, and it actually ended up being a TV taping. It wasn't supposed to be. They were supposed to take TV in Dallas because um, they ran Dallas, Houston, and I don't know if they ran somewhere else. But but the Dallas show ended up being a house show, and the Houston show ended up being the TV taping. So it, the show's immortalized as part of you know ECW on TNN and and Hardcore TV because you know they had the two shows. They had the syndicated show and they had the TNN show. That's, yeah. And so that whole thing. So now I can you know go back and look at you know watch it and and relive it. And every couple of years, I'll rewatch it and just relive it and try to put myself in that moment of time. Who are some of the guys that you, you really liked in ECW? Uh, Sabu, for one. That was the main one. Um, like I said earlier, about 93, 94 was the year that I decided I was just going to I was gonna be a fan of you know, pro wrestling just because I loved it so much, no matter what anybody thought. And, uh, you know, 93, 94, Sabu was, was hot. Sabu was, you know, hottest guy in the indies. You know, King of the Indies really, you know, that year. Had a lot of classics with uh, Sean Waldman, the Lightning Kid, before he went to the, to the WWF in 93. That that one right. classic. It's a really, it, it's on YouTube somewhere. They have a really good copy on YouTube, and I suggest anybody watch it. Um, but, yeah, Sabu was, the, Sabu was the draw for ECW. But then, you know, there was always, you know, the, um, the Sandman and... Um, uh, Rob Van Dam later, and I became a huge fan of of Super Crazy when he came on the scene. 
Um, and that was after Sabu left, so I didn't really have, he was my favorite ECW guy. He kind of left. And I liked Rob Van Dam, but he wasn't really, you know, he was cool, but, but I guess because I like Lucha Libre so much. I, I just loved watching Super Crazy versus Tajiri. That's probably my favorite ECW food, uh, feud. Yeah. Everybody says, you know, Tommy Jr. versus Raven or Sabu Rob Van Dam or, um, you know, Sandman versus Raven. There's a lot of great ECW feuds, but for me, at the time, Super Crazy versus Yoshihiro Tajiri. Yeah, love those matches. Love those matches. I think they actually, when they did the one night stand, did they not have a match with those two? I believe they did too. They yeah. did, yeah, 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 yeah. They did, and so I got to, um, you know, that show in, in, in 2000. I got to see Tajiri live, and um, and then Super Crazy was there, and then uh, Little Guido and Steve Carino and the Sandman. Sabu wasn't; he had already left at this point. You know, he was on the outs. Um, he had left, I think, that spring. Um, so it was years later before I ever saw Sabu. I actually saw him on the ECW show, but it was the the relaunch, the WWE version. Right, yeah. Yeah. Not I, quite, not I, quite I the same. House show. <laughs> um, sorry, what was that? I said not quite the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no not the same way. Not the same way at all. Like a complete different experience. Like it, could, it was almost night and day of, you know, they're similar because they're both both wrestling shows. And both under the ECW banner, and there was a. But other than that, they were not the same. But I did get to see CM Punk on that that show in 2006. I believe it was 2006. Um, so that was fun to see CM Punk, and um, it was cool because there was a. Because I didn't think that many people in my area would even know who CM Punk was or Ring of Honor, but there was a slight ROH chant, which blew my mind at the time. I couldn't believe that anybody in East Texas didn't watch ROH besides me. But, of course, I guess I, guess I should be a little more humble and not be so egotistical and think that nobody else knows <laughs> about it but me. But, but, yeah, it was fun. The final question I ask everyone, and it's kind of like the hardest one in many ways, but if you could change one thing about the business, what would it be? So is, is there one thing that stands out that you wish could be changed? Um. Okay, yeah. Well, I thought about this a lot, and I thought about, oh, what could I change? Like, but really, um, it's kind of a, I'm kind of serious with the answer, but I don't mean it to be, like, like hard on anybody. But if fans would please stop bringing replica belts to shows, I would feel a lot better. Because <laughs> it's, it's pretty embarrassing, really. I mean, I, if you have a really cool replica belt, you know, that nobody else has, you know, you got the Midwestern States Heritage title, Okay, I'll give you some props for that. But, like, all these replica belts, like, because you know how many people, how many times I've been asked by people that are not fans, especially at, during, during WrestleMania weekend. Um, I don't know why people seem to ask me about it. Maybe I look approachable or I don't know, but they're like, they're always asking me, hey, what is the deal with everybody carrying all the belts around? And it's like, ah, oh, I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to, uh, how to defend it. But, if it makes people happy, they should keep bringing them. It's just kind of a, I just find it funny. But, but, but really though, like, seriously though, for a serious answer, if I could change one thing, um, I just wish that there was an American company, or not necessarily an American company, but I wish Lucha Libre could be imported to the United States and, and not Americanized as much. 
There's not never oh, been anybody yeah. imported Lucha Libre, and it really worked. I mean, it did in WCW, but that wasn't like a Lucha Libre promotion. Like Lucha Underground was great, but it was you know went way too far one way. And I think Lucha Libre can work in the United States it, in in certain markets. And I wish somebody could import it. You know, and, and it's actually that kind of goes into one of my criticisms with um, with New Japan. In the U.S., like I was talking about earlier, about they had Cody in the main event, like they felt like they had to put American stars in the main event instead of giving us Okada, Tanahashi, like all the hardcore, you know, bands that you know bought tickets in minutes wanted to see, you know. And so I wish that companies like that wouldn't try to feel like they had to Americanize things for us. And that's one reason I don't watch Strong. I don't guess you know NJ, NJPW is strong. Right. Um, is, I mean, it's a great show. I watched it on occasion. I try to keep up with it here and there, but I don't watch it regularly because it's not. It doesn't feel like New Japan to me. Like I want authentic New Japan, and I want authentic Lucha Libre in the United States. Not, you know, it's crazy that I've seen New Japan in the United States. You know, went to the Long Beach shows, seen the opening night of the G1, but I've still yet to see an authentic Lucha Libre card like that. I mean, I have, I have seen a few, but never on that kind of scale. And so, and, and I'm in Texas, so there are places in Texas you can go and see authentic Lucha Libre cards. But I wish it was more on a grand scale. That's why I was so excited about Lucha Underground, but then it didn't didn't quite materialize like we all thought. But it, it, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, I, I, I agree that I think probably the best American company to do it, uh, to do Lucha Libre, was probably WCW, when, when Bischoff brought in all those guys and like the, I mean a lot of them have worked for ECW first I mean Ray and Hoovy had been in ECW before they came to WCW but yeah it was really kind Conan. of Conan too yeah Conan too yeah, yeah he was the ECW champ for a minute like, did he trade it with Sandman I think I believe so yeah 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 and so those that Psychosis um yeah, Hoovy uh oh there's a bunch of them yeah because there's yeah. a Ray there's a Ray and Hoovy match in ECW that is just phenomenal. I can't yeah, remember what, yeah. I can't remember the, well, the name of the car. Three falls one. They had a, they had a several. There was one in New York. Yeah. The, uh, that Bass was Street Bash. Uh, and then there was one in the East W Arena that was really good. I can't, I think that was Ray and Psychosis maybe, or um, I can't remember. Or or maybe there was one in the East W Arena too. And and because because one of them didn't go real well. There's like a Ray Hoovy match that. It's not really all that great compared to all you know the other one, I, and I can't remember which one is which. But uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, I actually think ECW did it better than than, than WCW. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because ECW presented it more as like 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 imported lucha libre, well, not imported, but they they presented it more like lucha libre, similar to how they did the um, six man tag of Michinoku Pro on. The first barely legal, but yeah, WCW they did, you know, always kind of wished that that one show had got picked up that they take the pilot for. Did did you watch that one when it, it was on the network, the uh, Festival de Lucha, that old that the WCW pilot that they take? I I don't think I've, I've I've heard of it. I don't think I ever actually saw it. It was um it was on. They had like a few matches on the network, and then they put up the whole show, like in the hidden gym section or something. And there's no commentary. It's just, you know, the matches. It's just like you were watching like a Saturday night, you know, taping or something. And but it, it showed a lot of promise. They had a huge. There's no telling what they spent on the set itself. 
this huge elaborate set looked kind of had like an adobe kind of theme to it you know and and obviously you know a very mexican theme um they taped it somewhere in texas hidalgo or laredo or somewhere close to the border and they had like uh it was a whole you know whole thing it it, it it looked like a WCW show, but also looked different than Thunder or Nitro. And I don't know whatever happened. They taped it, and then nothing ever came of it. But it would have been a cool show. It would have been a lot better than that uh, WWF show at the time. Super Astros, did you ever see that? That was their Spanish language. Yeah. They had a show yeah. for a little while. And uh, it was fun, but it was but you know, like I said, it wasn't Lucha Libre. That's why I didn't catch on, I don't think. Chris, we could we could talk all night. We really all could. Night, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously, you know, I, I'm going to do more podcasts in the future. I'd love to have you back at some point. I'd love to be back. But yeah, this is this has been fun. It's been it's been great to it's been great to have you on and, and talk to you. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.